Hey everyone, and welcome to our Local Leaders podcast series, where we speak to community leaders and culture-first organizations on what makes their workplaces so innovative, engaging, and diverse. My guest today is none other than Carl Roy, president and founder of Kinetic Interactive, a digital marketing company who specializes in a number of services, including social media advertisement, email marketing campaigns, SEO optimization, and web design. Carl, thank you so much for joining me today. And why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you represent? All right. Well, thanks a lot, Cody. It's a pleasure to be here today. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, I've uh, I've been doing this. I've been in this marketing field, I guess you could say, for about 20 years now. So I started out, I'm pretty much self-taught in a lot of this when I got into what we call today digital marketing. Um, you know, it didn't really exist as a as a industry. Uh, this is back in the GeoCities Angel Fire coding days. Uh, yeah, so I, and so I've been uh, working in this industry for since about 2000, 2001. And uh, I've got three kids. I've been brought I brought up in New Brunswick and uh, lived around Canada and Toronto and uh, Ottawa, different different areas, you know, did the whole exploratory thing and eventually found myself back here in East Coast. And yeah, so we've been running the running the business from here for a good uh, 18 years now. Nice, nice. And I noticed when you pulled up there, you had a pretty nice little car with an interesting license plate. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So, yeah, um, those who know me know that I'm a little, uh, I guess, unconventional might be the the right word. And uh, so I kind of wanted to, I always like having customized things, I guess, and custom license plate was something I wanted for a while. And the license plate actually is YB normal, Y-B-N-O-R-M-L. I believe uh, N O R M L. Anyways, and, <laughs> however uh, you spell it, however you spell it now, it's a little bit of a it's a little a little different to fit on the plate, and uh, I think that accurately describes my philosophy, I guess, in life. Uh, I've always thought that being different was a, a positive thing, not necessarily a negative thing. So I kind of been promoting that. Uh, positivity around being a little different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's something that you you kind of have to be when you're in a position that you're in with so many different, you know, operations that you got going on and people working under you that, you know, you, you kind of have to solidify your own little niche and, and your own little personality. And I think that's what makes you guys so, so interesting. And, and so why I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, it says like, I read a stat actually there last week that says that only 19% of executives believe that their company has what is called the right culture. Now, how did you manage to find that right? How are you one of those 19%? Uh, was was there anything that developed or that kind of changed over time? You said you've been in the business since like, uh, what was it again? 2000 and... 2000, 2001-ish. So yeah, close to 18 years Is now. That... Is that something that you've been cultivating ever since you started? Or was it just something that you had right off the bat? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I did not have it off the bat. <laughs> the... Um... You know, like most small businesses, most entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of times you just, you know, jump and, and try to figure out how to swim as you go. Uh, and when I started the business, obviously not having any formal training in business or any formal experience, even for that matter, I was 18 years old at the time when I started at 19. Um, so I didn't really even have any corporate experience. So managing a business was something that I didn't know much about. Really? And, uh, and so I just kind of organically started doing it and learning from my mistakes. And of course, like many people, there were many mistakes, um, and really understanding the value of, and not so much the value of, but, but just the concept that it exists, the corporate culture and how, and how that exists and how it dictates, you know, your day-to-day operations I don't think that really even clicked for me until probably 
2008 maybe. So I've been doing it for about five years uh, before I even started to even pay attention to that concept, if you would. Really? Yeah. What what made you want to get into this kind of this digital marketing world, especially at that time where digital marketing would have been fairly new back in 2001? So, you know, with you, with your limited business experience, like you just said, kind of what made you want to pursue that path? Well, I think it's there. Well, it's definitely probably a genetic component to it. So my it, my a lot of my family is uh, has been in the arts. Uh, so painters, uh, musicians, uh, artists, uh, designers, builders, craftsmen. So I think I grew up around that concept of being able to create things. And it just as a as a, a young teenager, you know, in high school, just if you look at today, how they're naturally attracted to technology and new things and concepts. At the time, that was the internet, which was just starting to become a thing. Uh, I think I, I found the I found that platform, a method for me to execute on some of those creative concepts. And that's where I just really started playing around with it and getting into it from there. So it wasn't even a you couldn't take it in school; it didn't exist as a course. And uh, so just getting into coding and and yeah, and, and it was something I love to do. So I just that was my passion. I would do that at nights while going to school during the days for uh, you know tech computer tech work. Yeah, it's so rare nowadays that people end up finding something that they actually like to do as a passion, whether, you know, even now with going to school and getting a degree, it's still rare to do something with that degree that you did. So even just finding something without the degree and just kind of going off on it, it would have been so scary and such like a leap of faith, if you will. But that's really, really cool that you did it. Um, Does a lot of your culture kind of have to do with, you know, the hiring process and just the same as you know, you, you, you want the right pieces or the right tools for the right job, right? So I guess your hiring process are kind of like you're trying to pick out your tools. Is is when you're doing the hiring process, are you kind of looking for like some key pieces or some key elements into, in a person that, that really fits with your community? Or do you know that you can kind of mold almost anyone into uh, into how you guys fit? No, I think, well, when we're, when we're doing our hiring, we definitely uh, prefer attitude over say skill set because skill sets can be learned but attitudes as we know is sometimes a little bit more difficult to uh change <laughs> uh and so we we have we've built a, a system if you would or um you know i guess a culture might be the right word for it at our at our office that many people will fit in but it usually takes them a little bit of time to kind of get a feel for how we do things this is our you know how we how we do it here if you would um, but no, I would say looking at the, the interpersonal skills and, and attitude is what we look for in someone first and foremost. I, I think I think you hit it right on the head. I, I think, you know, skills and anybody can learn how to do something or, you know, especially if you guys are doing digital marketing, you know, whether it's SEO and keywords or optimization or ad content, you know, th- th- those are learned traits. But you're right, like your attitude, your, you know, your willingness to learn is something that's kind of innate and it's something that you, you can't really just find in everybody. So I think you've you've kind of managed to find yourself a good group, eh? Yeah, and it's critical in a lot of industries experience change. Um, I don't know of many that experience it at the rate that digital marketing does. (laughs) (laughs) Because people who were, say, digital marketing experts even three years ago, today, a lot of the skill sets they had three years ago wouldn't be very usable because it would have evolved so much the the only skill set that's the, that tends to follow people is the ability like you just said the ability to learn and the willingness and the the love of learning that's the number one skill set uh and that's what we look for in a, a, to build our culture around that idea of this is a learning culture and, and and we're here to learn and no one knows everything 
and what you know today will not be very helpful for you helpful to you in in a year from now so be willing to be flexible yeah i i think that is a super important skill especially for a lot of tech companies and a lot of marketing companies just like you said i think a, a digital marketing expert now is just some kid in middle school who just uses <laughs> instagram a lot and he yeah. just seems to know exactly all the trends and everything because you're right like it's it's just changing every single hour there, there's something new or a new keyword to focus on or a new skill or a new approach that everyone's trying to take over or a new platform uh yeah. i've got like i mentioned i got three kids and my two oldest are daughters are 16 and 14 and i'm not gonna lie i consult them on some things <laughs> like, what do you do with this uh this tiktok how do you guys use this software you know this app <laughs> yeah t- tiktok i think is one that i haven't explored myself personally i'm not sure that i will but i have seen it out there quite a bit so i, I think i think that's actually not a bad idea because they would know probably all the ins and outs and the tags i've got the... some great marketing intel from them I'll tell you. <laughs> there's future experts until they get to about 18 and then they're then they're washed up eh? yeah <laughs> yeah. So I guess like, you know, if you had to sum up your culture's foundational value. So if you had to kind of sum up your culture's value, I think just kind of in what you just said, you know, it's a learning culture. It's a learning culture. And we're certainly uh, what we call, I guess, a meritocracy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term. Um, we place value on actual accomplishments over, uh, I got to be careful how I say this, because sometimes people get they mis- misinterpreted or take it the wrong way. <laughs> But what you do is more important than how long you've been doing it for. And so, therefore, we've got people who are able to join the, the company and in two or three years excel to the point that so if they're extremely aggressive and go-getter and want to learn and want to do really well, uh, we, we value the outcome as much as we do the process of it. And, and so just being in the industry for 10 years doesn't qualify you any more than someone who's been in it for three years if the, if the results are the same. So the, it's, it's hard to explain without sounding... <laughs> harsh <laughs> yeah no i know what you mean but it, it's true i mean you know c- credentials i mean their credentials everybody has a degree right now right i mean every entry-level job that you walk into you have to have your degree or you have to have an md or you've got to have a whatever a bachelor's a, a master's so i mean the the pedigree isn't really about what it what kind of degree that you've earned in the past it's about you know what have you done you know what are your experiences what are your what are your skill sets and kind of what are your accomplishments that's actually really really cool that you said that I know that you've probably hired a few people who don't necessarily have the the correct or the the technical you know business background, um, but are probably still working out pretty well for you, right? We've we've yeah we've we've got people who have both formal training in the industry and yeah. people who have had absolutely no no formal training at all. We've actually hired people that had zero training, and we brought them on with like ground level zero like starting out from scratch like okay they knew how to use some of these software but to do it from a marketing perspective no and 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 it's we've seen people even without formal marketing training um perform very very well and and really excel in the field uh with the proper training and so yeah it's uh it's it's more about what can you do and what are you willing to learn and what are you willing to do than it is what you know letters you have at the end of your name and i'm not i'm not discrediting formal education i think that my my personal approach to developing a culture around this idea or this about again meritocracy is the term used meaning that you're that you know we we put merit on what you are actually able to do is probably because of my my formal lack of education and i had to basically say look i don't i didn't go to school for this this or this but look what i can do and uh, and that's kind of how i've i started out
And so, well, I mean, you're a product of your environment, right? So, you know, the environment that you were in, you know, you were kind of like uh, just thrown to the wolves and let's get this thing going. And I I think that kind of suits you very well in this type of industry where everything's changing so quickly that, like you said, like a degree five years ago isn't exactly relevant anymore. So it's about what you've done. Um, Touching on your recognition thing, because I think that is super cool. It's actually a stat that I was going to bring up is um, last year it said that 83% of employees think it's better to be praised than to give them a gift or a perk. Um, at their workplace. So what do you guys do for recognition? You said that you kind of, you like to build on accomplishments. Um, is it something that you, you you praise publicly for them or is it a private kind of praising, uh, just like kind of going over, you know, you know, how do you give them recognition for a job well done? Well, so we're not a real big company. So I'd say it's very, more, it's much more family feeling. Um, everyone kind of, you know, we've, everyone's in the same office building. We're all, we all hang out at lunch times. Um, you know, everyone's pretty privy to, um, each other's accomplishments. And so when someone does something well, you know, it's pretty apparent right off the bat. And um, I actually have an office manager in uh, place who kind of runs the business. Um, over the last 20 years, I've kind of, uh, as we were talking about earlier, I, I have a number of different enterprises on the go. So I don't spend all my time in, in each one. Um, but we've got a, a system in place where, you know, everything is tracked uh, and, the, and the general manager is able to, you know, see where people are excelling and of course we do give them praise publicly uh, but we're not a big enough organization where we have like award ceremonies or anything like that <laughs> no i think those are all kind of overrated as well right I yeah. mean, everyone just kind of wants a pat on the back and you know that know that what what you're doing is being recognized by by somebody you know of an important person or someone that you respect so i think that's really important just that you you know you are recognizing your employees for a job well done and i mean obviously it's you know a hats off to you because you've created a culture that is so defined that you're able to do these different ventures and you're still able to keep you know things in line or you know you're able to keep people still in check um culture wise that they're still in the same values and same vision as you guys so i think that is really really important it's a very tough thing to do actually um but yeah it's really kind of cool you were talking about your coworker relationships like you guys have like a kitchen area like do you guys like just kind of all sit around have lunch little powwows or you got a you got a beer fridge going on or? we're well i mean we're we're kind of a mix of of modern trendy but we're also a little old school if if you were to walk in our office you'd be very conflicted because it's 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 kind of abraham lincoln-ish <laughs> in some areas of the building and then others it's a little bit more modern and and so um we don't necessarily ha- we some of the some of the people have their own fridges in their office and they're welcome to do that if they want. Oh, that's cool. Um, we have we do have a lunchroom that we hang out, but most of the time we just hang out in our offices because um, we're able to basically set those up the way that we feel most comfortable in. So you know we've got one one of our one of our employees has like a it's like a jungle when you go into their office. It's like <laughs> there's like plants everywhere, and and that's cool. Like my office a little bit more you know old school with uh you know a lot of mahogany type woodworking and stuff and different pictures of whatever and and you know we're pretty relaxed we're, one of the things that we do that's a little bit different um to some companies i mean we're we're also like uh i don't want to say pet friendly but we have a couple office dogs that okay. uh that uh you know people tend to enjoy and that kind of lets that takes a little bit of the edge off you know if you're feeling stressful it's kind of hard to feel stressful with a little puppy at your at your feet <laughs> now whose dogs are those are they the office dogs or are they someone's that they just bring in every day we call them the office dogs one of them is one of them is ours so my okay. my dog and then another one is one of the staffs uh and he brings it in and they're, they're actually brothers like 
they're actually true brothers. Uh, oh, really? The same litter, yeah. So it kind of when I got when I got my dog, I was like, hey, these dogs are. We just found these because it's kind of hard to get a dog these days. It's a long process. Yeah, I'm going through that process right now for a <laughs> Bernese Mountain Dog. Right. You're like, where do I get this? It's like, oh, you got to drive 700 kilometers that way. To, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, like a two year process. So, yeah. anyways, when I got my dog, there was an extra one available, and, and so he jumped on it, and so yeah, so now the the two brothers are are. Uh, and actually, we've even had a third dog show up once in a while from one of the other staff members that brings their uh, uh, in-laws' dog or something once in a while. Again, as long as they're well behaved, uh, obviously we're quite mindful that you know the customer um, the customer experience is important, right? So, fortunately, our type of office is there's not a whole lot of customer uh, walk-ins. So it's, uh, it's, we have a little bit more flexibility that way where we can, you know, if we know there's going to be someone coming, we'll kind of make sure they're not jumping all over them or anything. So it's not a, it's not a free for all, you know, jungle yeah. going on. There's, we do maintain a little bit of respect, but it's, it's, I think the, I think the, the comfort level there is, is what's important. And people realize that, you know, there's, you're able to have, you're able to be relaxed and have fun at work as well as at home. Cause it's, you know, a, a large part of our lives are spent at the office. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they say more, we see our workmates more than we see our family sometimes. And I think right. it's absolutely true. And especially in some environments where you're working, you know, if a 12-hour day or you have to bring work home on the weekends, like, you want to make sure that your work environment is something that's comfortable, something that you don't hate going to. You know, it's one of the tags that I always like to have and I have it hanging in my office is just make work suck less. And that's just <laughs> like, that's the goal. I think everybody's trying to find that kind of, that key or that job that you just, you don't hate. Um, so I think it's so important that you actually do have a workplace that, you know, you feel really comfortable in, you know, comfortable enough that you can bring a dog or that you can decorate your office how you want. Those are all little things that build up and make such a bigger picture. Uh, and it's such a cool part that you have. Um, and I mean, having a dog at work is just so much less stress, right? <laughs> it is. We're not allowed to have a dog in this building. Our, the building owner is uh, is pretty scared of them. So, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he gets quite mad, even if they're just on the sidewalk in front of the building. So we've been trying to figure out, maybe we'll get an office cat or something. An office lizard. Those are pretty, An yeah. office lizard, yeah. A snake or a spider or something like that. But uh, no. Um, so the flexibility in your office, is that just within the office itself or do you guys do like any remote work? Um, are you kind of confined just to the, the office space itself or, you know, how do you kind of arrange that? So this, this goes back to when the culture really started, when I, when we took a real big change, I guess, in our culture stance. Um, and I'm going to say this is probably seven or eight years ago, times flying by way too fast, but, uh, we've we basically have built a system where, um, we have set goals within the organization for each member and each team member. Um, and so we've kind of got a policy that, uh, well, first off, in order to make this system work, we had to have, of course, being in the cloud today, everyone's familiar with that. But when we started this, being in the cloud as a full business was kind of a new concept. We wanted to make sure that 100% of our work could be done remotely, so from anywhere. Uh, I, I like to travel a little bit, and so one of, the, one of my drivers of that was I want to be able to be in Costa Rica or be in Panama or be in wherever. And as long as I have an internet connection, I can fulfill every single duty that I need to be able to, to make the company run as efficiently as if I was in the office, or at least 85 or 90% as efficiently. And so we by switching to cloud-based technology um, way back then, that enabled our staff to have the flexibility to uh, work from home if the need arises, and not just like if you're sick, because I mean everyone defaults to that. But sometimes you've got a, a a child that's not feeling well, and you have to stay home with them. Well, you can still get your stuff done. And so we have that. We do have uh, what we would say is ultimate flexibility in terms of 
any one of our team can work from anywhere at any point, which ties into our goals uh, and objectives that I talked about earlier. Uh, any one of our team members who are hitting their goals, and that's pretty much everyone because we work with them until they do, um, have the ability to, we don't track vacation, so basically we have unlimited vacation. So as long as you're hitting your goals, you have that flexibility to take time off when you need to, work uh, on different hours if you need to, um, and yeah, so work from anywhere for that matter if you want. Well, that is that is actually really, really cool. And first of all, if you have any spare seats on those flights to Panama, <laughs> I would be totally down to go for that. Um, but no, that's actually really cool. I've never actually heard about that, the not tracking vacation, just kind of hitting like deadlines and goals. I, that sounds like a really, really kind of interesting concept. I mean, and it kind of ties into, again, you know, speaking to your values, you know, you're about a goal orientated and accomplishment set focus. So, you know, if you're hitting your goals, you're meeting, you're meeting your accomplishments, then you know, they're, they're, who's to say you can't have an extra day here or there? And I think you mentioned it earlier that there's, a, I forget the percentage, but a, a large amount of staff want to be recognized over getting like a gift or things like that. Yeah. Um, and that comes with that. That also works with compensation. And, you know, what we found is a lot of a lot of people don't necessarily want to have extra money. They would rather have time off. Right. And and vice versa. There's we've had some staff that, you know, they don't they don't really care about time. They just they just want to work more and make more money so the way our system works is once you hit your goals anything over and above that you bonus quite significantly on so at that at that crossroads you can as a as an employee can decide do i want to work longer or work more hours or this what the average person would call a standard work week and bonus more so make more money or would I rather have more time off with the family or more time off to do other things? See, that, that, that that's really, really cool because then, it, it you know, you, you know what you're getting into going into it with, you know, your, your salary because your salary is your salary. And then, and like you said, on top of that, you know, if you're more, you know, financially driven, you can kind of go in excess and, and kind of do as much as you can there. But, you know, if you, you know, like you said, just had a baby or just adopted a dog or, you know, maybe it's the holiday season and you just kind of want to take some time off, you're, you're able to kind of relax a little bit and, and take your time off knowing that you reached your goals and i think it's really really cool that you let your employees decide kind of you know their their future their financial comings and goings you know you kind of offer it to them to say you know you, you you've met you've met my part of the deal so right. now it's up to you to see what you kind of want to do with it definitely yeah. and i think that's really really cool so what do you think is the biggest challenge for you when you were setting up this this culture of yours did it kind of just sort of come naturally or if you were to start a new culture or a new workplace today like you kind of already had what's the biggest challenge bringing it up to speed? I'm not sure that it would be as challenging as it was starting from scratch. I think now having done it, like anything, once you've done something once, it's replicating, it's going to be pretty easy. I think the challenge is to continually to evolve it. So we as humans tend to become very comfortable with what we've done, and then we just sometimes want to stagnate or just, you know, it becomes comfortable to to not change. As I guess the biggest part would be to continually change and look for ways on improving and adjusting to to how the workplace atmosphere is, is changing. Um, finding people is always difficult. I mean, that's one of the major crises in Canada right now. Um, and even in the East Coast, we hear a lot of people are, are a lot of businesses in every different industry. So we're having a hard time finding people. And I think that the differentiator is going to be how how can you make your your business more exciting for people to draw them in. Yeah, I mean, I think you just kind of spoke to it right there. Like, I just have my stats just open to me right now. And 53% of employees said they don't expect to stay at their current company beyond five years. And that was a stat taken just last year. And I think that it speaks to, you know, the high turnover rates where now we're in a kind of a, a culture of just, you know, taking one job and then moving on to the next. 
Um, and I'm not sure, you know, kind of what has to change, but I think it's up to the companies to kind of instill these creative and innovative values that, you know, that yours has and that, uh, that ours here at Tuba also has that, you know, you want to make employees comfortable. You want to make them happy. You want to make them stress-free and, you know, financially set them up for their own successes. And if you can do all that, you can kind of keep them in place and, you know, you're keeping people happy, then you're going to keep them motivated. And a motivated employee is, I mean, a productive one. And, you know, when you're feeling productive and you're getting your recognition, then it's something that you kind of want to, it's, it's difficult to replace and it's hard to find, you know, something that, that works a little bit better for you. Um, I know personally, just for myself, I would take a job that pays less because it meant that I'm happy a lot more, or, you know, so I think it all kind of comes down to your personal values for it. So, but I think it is something that's really, really important and something that, you know, it's truly unique to, to what you're able to find. Um, so I guess, you know, speaking back to your kind of your communities of family, how many, how many are there that work there over at uh, Kinetic? Uh, seven or eight right now, I believe. Oh yeah. So it is very, very tight knit, right? Yes. Yeah. And so we, one of the changes, I mean, we've, we've kind of been all over the the board with the numbers of staff. I mean, I think at one point we're up to 17 or 18. Uh, so what we've done is we've kind of, we've kind of shrunk the, the core team a little bit and then worked with a lot of, uh, like vendors or outsourced uh, managed service providers. So again, 20 years ago, managed service providers, the concept of MSP didn't even exist, whereas now it's become very, very common that, you know, we used to have, for instance, an on-staff IT person who would manage servers. Well, now, you know, we don't need that because we work with an organization who we have a dedicated rep that does that for us. Right. And so we were able to streamline quite a bit. Do you find that like, that's kind of like a, a good number for you? Like the, the low amount, do you find that's kind of where like your community thrives a little bit? Do you feel like it would be difficult in the expansion process to kind of, you know, keep your hires, you know, on the same page and the same vision and goals and, and kind of be able to keep your core learning values um, with a bigger number of... Uh... I think that's going to come down to the person and the person running, like the the... the entrepreneurs i guess where they're where they see themselves and where their comfort zone is my comfort zone really is working with 10 and under um and i prefer to have that smaller knit because again you get to have more of a relationship with everyone there they get to know you a bit better but also you get that flexibility where you can as an organization you can your pivot game can be very strong when you've got 10 people than if you've got 30 people because because once your payroll costs get to a certain point um you start to dictate the market starts to dictate what you can do and change and how you can evolve because you've got such a responsibility um and so some people like that game uh my my game has always been i've always wanted to be the uh the, the smaller more agile company and be able to change uh on a dime as much as possible i guess and so that's kind of my my comfort zone definitely be that number yeah i, th- I think you just kind of nailed it on the head there right because it, it is very difficult to move when you have a thousand plus employees right it's hard to align everybody and keep everyone motivated and happy and you know keeping all the middle level managers informed and everything uh when you have a tighter knit group you're able to kind of move quickly you're able to get people who really connect with you and you're able to you know speak and see all the employees every day and, and it's, it's something that's super super important right because if you don't know who you're working for and kind of what the goal is that you're all working towards it can be very difficult to kind of motivate yourself and, and keep yourself aligned with the company um so being that you guys are such a small tight-knit group do you guys do anything for fun as a team like do you have little get-togethers or anything like that aside from the old christmas party <laughs> yeah we do the christmas party i think everyone does um i mean we do what the staff again um they they tend to hang out 
for lunches. We do different, like we'll do different events that, you know, in the city that we live in here, uh, there's different events, week events that happen like taco week and burger week. So during those type of events, we'll all go out to different restaurants and we'll actually do some recording and do some filming for social media purposes, just to kind of have a good time. Um, the, uh, in terms of extracurricular stuff, I know there's been some charitable work that's been done after hours, and uh but again being being tight being so tight knit and also being so relaxed at the office like it literally feels like when you're at the office you're hanging out so it's 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 kind of an it's a hard dynamic to you don't actually feel like you're at work i guess to it's a hard thing to describe eh yeah i have a lot of people ask me in similar situations where they're more of an incorporate environment and you know they're they're kind of like oh like you you don't have a real job and you're like why i work like very hard i work long hours and i do quite a bit it's just it doesn't feel like i'm working when i'm doing it and it's not the whole like you know if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life which like is true but i think the cultural values that you know that your workplace sets up and and how you feel when you're going into work you know the ability to not wear a suit every day or the ability to you know pet a dog when you're walking in and just chat with somebody for an hour when you're not even on a scheduled break like those little things like add up so tremendously and i think it's so important and it feels like the workforce is slowly evolving and changing or at least on the tech company wise i think it is but i i just i think it's something that's just so important and very difficult to to understand until you've been in it um just kind of what you would do for your company um, but yeah, um, you know, would you have any advice going, uh, for companies that are struggling to maintain a positive work environment? Like, would you have any advice on, on how you were able to kind of come up or it seems like you were pretty straightforward with your values and it just sort of evolved from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't try to be what you're not. I think that, and a lot of times as, uh, entrepreneurs or business owners, we, you know, read books, we hear stories, oh, Google's doing this, you know, this company's got beanbag chairs and scooters around the office. And we all hear these, these things that are like, oh, we should be trying to do that. And that, but if it, if it's not actually who you are, uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out. So really just try to understand what values you have and find other people that have the similar values and your culture is going to grow from that. As long as you're true to those values, of course. Yeah, I, I think you again. You just said it. Being true to your values. It's it's one thing to to say, but it, you know, doing what you say is a lot harder than actually saying what you're doing. So, uh, I think that is really important. Um, so, where can people find you? Where can people get a hold of you? Um, well, we're uh, myself. I'm I'm on so I'm pretty much on all the socials. I'm a big Instagrammer guy. So Carl Roy on Instagram, uh, Carl with a K. Some more pictures of your cars on there. Uh, actually, it's it's kind of funny. We didn't talk much about it, but I got another business that I do a lot of motorcycle photography and motorcycle. Uh, apparel and uh and so i do a ton of motorcycle photography so if that's your bag then yeah we i'd love to chat well what's that uh that's pave chaser so at pave chaser is uh, is the handle instagram facebook uh i'm on linkedin uh, not super active but i'm there uh you know i make an appearance once in a while <laughs> i'm tr- i'm so busy doing stuff that i don't have time to talk about it so <laughs> yeah well, one of your 30 companies that you're running currently right um and yeah do you got anything else coming up you want to plug uh, before we close it all out uh not really i think i think we've just kind of said it all we've uh we do uh if you're thinking about getting into the the social media marketing world and and you're and you're interested in that from a business perspective we do some training and we got a workshop coming up in november um that's doing some facebook ad training so we're going to go beyond the whole just making posts but really figure out how you do the advertising uh, business side of things 
So again, that's Kinetic Interactive for their Facebook. He has StanceWise business training also. And as I'm just finding out, Pave Chasers if you're into the motorcycle gang. So uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening to our local leader series. Uh, if you'd like to be on an upcoming podcast to promote your business culture, simply drop me an email. It's Cody at tuba.co. That's dot co. I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tuba Teams for more content. And for more podcasts, be sure to check out our website, tuba.co. It's an absolute pleasure and honor getting to speak with you again there, Carl. Thanks for coming and sharing a little bit about what makes your culture so unique and special. And we'll see everyone next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.